which leads him to admit he sabotaged the hover tank the night before and the colonel does not like it, not one bit. So then Major Thorne gets sent back to Greenland and Sergeant Bilko somehow sees no consequences, which honestly feels completely unrealistic. <laughs> it's like, as long as someone gets punished, then Bilko and his team get off completely free? That seems unfair, since Bilko is sort of, I don't know, responsible for the largest systemic failings of the base. So I don't know. I, uh, maybe, maybe we can do an episode about that? Something there? What do you think? I think I need to lay down for like a month. No time for sass, sass pants. We're doing an episode every week for at least the next few years or until you die. Whatever comes first. So, I don't know, drink a green tea or something. <sighs> oh, also, we need sassy pants for our merch store. So, I'm going to need you to shit out a new zany character for the show. Something pants friendly. Can't we just do like a regular episode? We just did a whole Marvel parody. Remember the Marvel parodies? Yeah, well, we can't really stick Disney's Marvel's The Hulk on our sassy new pants, can we, Cody? People are expecting us to ramp up the characters for the new year, so we have got to deliver on that. Also, so you know, we're recording that episode literally right this second. Also, remember to have fun, okay? Okay, good meeting, everyone. Happy 2022. We have got this. Woo! Boy, okay, here is some news. It's 2022. So happy that. Congratulations to the concept of time as it continues to rocket forward regardless of anyone's wishes. And while at this point in the new year we tend to focus on looking ahead, you know, most wrap-ups are reserved for the end of the previous year and not the start of the new one. Well, we wanted to kick off 2022 by looking back on some of the many legal scandals of 2021. You know, to see if, to see if some consequences still exist. Because I don't know about you, but it sure feels like these years are all bleeding together now. And that's at least in part due to a perpetual feeling of irresolution due to a noticeable shortage of justice in the world. Really makes time lose all meaning when nothing seems to conclude. Or maybe it's because I've been microdosing. I don't know, maybe it's a combination of the two. But hey, remember all the bad things the last president did that never got addressed? Or when that condo collapsed in Miami and killed a lot of people and then everyone moved on? Or like how fucking years ago we learned that every rich person in the world was systematically avoiding taxes or all of the politicians and business owners who've been downplaying this deadly virus to protect the economy or flat out made money from the pandemic. There are just so many casual scandals, you know, and compounded with the pandemic, it just feels like we're still trying to process 2020, let alone 2021. Which is why we wanted to look at what has actually been done so far in terms of finding justice for some of these past stories. And we're gonna do that with a little help from... Fuck, uh, the, uh, uh, pen detective. Alrighty then. Hey there, Ink. How's about we lay down the law? Alrighty then. You just said that, but sure. Catching up with justice in 2022. And that's a wrap on the pen character. Stay tuned for some sassed up pants with a fucking pen on them, I guess. Okay, so now that we've referenced not one, but two 1990s comedies, I feel like we can probably get going on the news part of the show, starting with just one more reference to a 90s comedy. 
Celebrity-ish, justice-ish. Mighty Ducks star Jesse Smollett was recently found guilty of five counts of disorderly conduct after making false reports of a hate crime back in 2019. And, well, that was a shitty thing for him to do. You know, faking a terrible crime in order to presumably boost his career, wasting a lot of emotions and effort. It's not cool, Jesse. Dare I say, it's bad. But also, possibly, maybe, not like the scariest crime imaginable. And while normally I probably wouldn't qualify a crime by saying that, this particular story briefly made the right side of the wing go hilariously wild. And now all of a sudden the defense that Justice Smollett is presenting is that one of the attackers was actually a gay lover of Jussie and this may be some sort of payback to Jussie Smollett. What do you make of all this, sir? Eric, it's absolute nonsense. I mean, there's, I, I don't think that there's anything that any American could despise more than a hate crime. A hate crime against somebody racially, a hate crime against somebody for their sexuality or their gender. Uh, the only thing worse than a hate crime is faking a hate crime. Yeah, settle down, Newsmax. I'm no crime expert. Criminometer, crimshawist. I'm no crime smart man, but if it's between faking a crime and the actual crime happening, I sure think the actual crime is the worst thing. That said, it was Smollett who originally blamed the attack on Trump supporters, so I at least understand why his base is peeved about this story. It is, for a lot of them at this particular time, the closest thing they have to a story of vindication. You know what with that attempted coup and all the other stories of actual hate crimes that were happening in relation to our very bad former president, which actually makes a Smollett story even more shitty since he was likely trying to benefit from actual stories of hate affecting the country. But ultimately, there isn't much more to say about this, or I don't know, I guess it's a media conspiracy to downplay this horrendous crime of lying. Again, not cool Jussie, but also not sure what else there is to say here. He lied and then got punished and ridiculed for it, and now it's over. I've certainly seen a lot of people on the right call out Biden and Harris for condemning what they thought was a real crime at the time it happened. You know, without mentioning that Trump did the exact same thing. But I'm just not sure what the alternative was at the time. Because when a person says they got attacked, it's statistically better to believe and then help that person. A statement that I have to assume isn't controversial. And yet when the news of this hoax originally came out, one of the more let's call it evil responses, was to use this as a jumping point for think pieces about how perhaps crimes of hate are actually not so bad after all. Specifically, this think piece published by two different major news sites by a guy named Wilfred Riley, floating the idea that hate crime hoaxes are actually way more common than you think, and who, by amazing coincidence, happened to have a book coming out called Hate crime hoax. How the left is selling a fake race war. And while I don't want to spend too much time on this crusty wad, it's worth noting that his conclusion, as described in this other opinion piece he wrote, is based on finding 400 cases of false hate crimes between 2010 and 2017, which he claims makes it clear that, quote, hate crime hoaxes is indisputably large, which is 
Kind of strange, because I went ahead and looked at the FBI hate crime statistics for all of those years and found that the number of hate crimes reported by law enforcement between 2010 and 2017 totals to roughly 49,200. And the number 400 is 0.8% of 49,200, or as Wilfred Riley would like it to be, indisputably large. And yet, I'm pretty sure I, ju I just disputed it. And 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 won that dispute. So I don't know, guys, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but it seems like this Wilfred Riley fellow is a pile of lying trash. And so maybe we should just continue trusting people and investigate their claims, even though they might occasionally be lying because doing otherwise is to forfeit our humanity and give in to fear mongering and distrust. And perhaps it's wrong and bad to obsess over the premise of a false hate crime, unless you're specifically trying to push that narrative to further a political agenda or terrible career, because compassion and togetherness is perhaps better? As the Bible says, when the wind blows hard and the sky is black, ducks fly together. Quack, quack. All right, so we covered Jussie Smollett and managed to reference the Mighty Ducks multiple times. Any other 90 celebrities business to get through? It's official, the conservatorship of Britney Spears has been Victory for Britney Spears. Late 90s, early 2000s still counts. Listen, I'm very happy for Britney Spears. We're all very, very happy about this. Her conservatorship, which started as a temporary one back in 2008, gave her father complete control over all of her financial assets and career decisions. This led to a situation where well over a decade later, the singer was being forced to take medications and perform against her will, as well as having her reproductive rights taken away from her. It took a series of high-profile stories, including, but not limited to her father experiencing a spontaneously ruptured colon fun and a possible hostage situation to get the public's attention and start wondering just just what the heck is happening with her after that came the free britney movement supported by a whole slew of celebrities all on top of britney's own effort to end her conservatorship and a two-year legal battle from all of this we got a happy ending. But I sure need to point out the ridiculous amount of effort here because it's not like Britney Spears is the only person in the world with a conservatorship. And it turns out that these situations can be extremely insidious. Unlike a guardianship, a conservatorship is specifically appointed to manage a person's financial affairs if the court deems them unable to do so themselves. This often, often happens if a person becomes too old to take care of themselves. Maybe they start telling extended stories about the Titanic and dropping diamonds in the ocean or something. And so a lot of the time, it's very necessary for another party to take control over their money decisions. Other times, however, maybe not. And so the process of undoing a conservatorship requires the conservatee to bring the case to court for an extremely drawn out process. This requires attorneys for all the parties involved, as well as experts who can testify as to the condition of the conservatee, often in the form of caregivers. And while that sure sounds reasonable, the monumental problem is that literally all of these people are making money from the conservatorship. After all, how can you pay for an attorney with finances you're currently fighting for control of? And so more often than not, the court will appoint you a lawyer who in turn bills your estate. 
In the case of Brittany, the court deemed her incapable of hiring her own counsel and then appointed a lawyer named Samuel D. Ingham, who had been working on her case since 2008. In that time, Ingham billed a total of $3 million to the Spears estate and coincidentally has also advised his client not to challenge the conservatorship. You know, the one that was making him millions. And so on top of the fact that these cases get tied up in the courts for years, literally no one involved is financially incentivized to actually help the person in question. It's fucking wild. Made even wilder by the fact that the United States doesn't even keep track of how many conservatorships are happening. To quote a report by the Government Accountability Office, the extent of elder abuse by guardians nationally is unknown due to the limited data on the numbers of guardians serving older adults. So yeah, congrats to Brittany. Congrats to Brittany. You super deserve this, and I hope you spend the rest of your life not having to do shit for anyone. I also hope that the paparazzi maybe learned a lesson about hounding her wherever she goes, and oh wait, never mind, sorry. But I sure hope we don't all just move on from this subject now that one high-profile case has been resolved. Because boy, sure seems like this is a system just begging for reform. Really, really wet for reform, you know? All right, geez. Any lighter news we can transition into? Josh Duggar has been found guilty on two charges of child pornography. Today, it's my honor and privilege to join in this announcement of a guilty verdict in the case of United States versus Josh Duggar. So that's a no then. Just gonna get darker and darker as we go. Well, it's on brand. Hey, circling back to Jesse Smollett and all the victory lap tweets mocking the people who defended him, here's a specific one from Mike Huckabee saying that Smollett made a lot of politicians look like chumps. Just, um... Wanted to point this tweet out. Weird. I wonder why I would show this tweet at this particular moment in the video. What's my game here? Why show this tweet and then show this headline about the time Mike Huckabee repeatedly defended Josh Duggar during his not first, but second round of molestation accusations back in 2015? Why would I do that just now? Because hey, here's some not at all news. People have known about and defended this guy's absolutely horrifying history since 2002. Specifically, five separate incidences of Duggar molest children, or rather five instances where he was officially accused of molesting children. And to really look at the timeline is like a crash course in white privileged creeps being allowed to victimize people in the name of religious family values. He is, for starters, the son of a Republican politician who in turn went into politics himself. And so he was propped up and protected by just the most predictable people you can imagine. And back in 2003, when his politician father learned what he did, he waited more than a year to tell the police about it, opting instead to consult their church officials, who also didn't tell the cops. You know, because he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good, he's a good God-fearing boy, and he learned his lesson, which is why when a cop finally did get involved, he reportedly gave Josh a quote, very stern talk, instead of taking any, you know, like, like cop-like action. Long story short, by the time anyone thought to do anything about this, these reports had exceeded the statute of limitations. Later, the police just straight up destroyed the records because he was, he was sorry, I guess. My goodness, I think my stomach just crawled out of my anus. All I see is red blurs. Just a, a, a whining, high-pitched scream and red blurs. I'm pretty sure I can kill with my mind now, actually, which is pretty cool, but not great for all the other reasons. And 
Anyway, despite everyone's best efforts to keep him free, he's finally in jail for child pornography. And that's just super. But notice how he's not in jail for molesting those children. But boy, he he really had to work hard for that conviction, didn't he? After so many second and third chances, dude had to practically scream his guilt to the heavens. And while I don't normally like to associate a person's politics with their random crimes, there's really something to be said about the systemic way the religious conservatives worked feverishly to protect this obvious sex criminal from going to jail. And maybe we should explore this across the board, how a person's political team will often work to shield them from consequences, and how while that applies to the entire ideological spectrum, religious conservatism seems to be a particularly effective hiding place for some grade A monsters. I don't know, maybe you could say the same for shitty men hiding behind feminist ideals as well. Maybe it's not exclusive to a political party so much as the systematic way in which the country is built to protect shitty sex criminals from consequences, just as long as they have money and power. Boy, what a bummer. You got anything fun to say, Ink Ventura? Nah, you're just a stupid pen. Didn't even put a little face on it or anything. Let's just go to the ads then. That's fun for people, right? A good day to you, blanket enthusiast. You do like blankets and sheets, don't you? It would be weird if you didn't at least tolerate slash need them. Personally, I sleep in a nest of various blankets and loose fabrics. I don't even have a mattress, who needs that? It's just a wad of bedding that I burrow into like a baby mouse. This is why I love Brooklinen, a five-star bedding company featuring curated essentials made for cozying up your sleeping hole. They got sheets, comforters, and even robes and towels. Sometimes I chew up the towels and spit the pieces out to make tiny balls of warm, wet globs that insulate my flesh as I nestle in a tight curling position. Did I mention their blankets come in all sorts of options like lightweight and all season and ultra warm and even weighted blankets too? I did now. Hey, also weird coincidence, but right now, if you go to brooklinen.com and use promo code more news, you can get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-O-K. It's spelled it wrong. B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N. Nailed it.com and enter promo code more news for $20 off. Sure, you could use the loose money to cover your body at night, but it seems more practical to just buy a blanket instead. Again, brooklinen.com and then the promo code more news. Refresh your rest with the comfort essentials from Brooklinen. And legally speaking, I have to advise you not to eat the towels. Even though... Don't do it, but... Don't. Hey there, news employers. I want to talk to you about hackers. You know the type. Stealing your personal data, rollerblading around everywhere, wearing crop top shirts and small steampunk sunglasses, maybe a couple of braided locks of hair on either side of their head, little bullet necklaces. Ugh, they make me sick. So why not beat them at their own game by using ExpressVPN? It is a service that encrypts your personal data no matter where you're plugging in. Most public networks at a cafe or a hotel are completely open to even the simplest of hackers. But with ExpressVPN, you can go worry-free with one easy-to-use app and a single click. Click! I use it not only to stick it to those ghastly hackers, but just for the overall peace of mind, knowing that ISPs and others have no access to my data. It's just one less thing on my mind, you know? So, I don't know, perhaps you would want to try it out. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash some news. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N. 
ExpressVPN.com slash some news and you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash some news. Stick it to those hideous hackers today. Except Angelina. She looked great in that film. Okay, we are back from ads. We got a new pen character, and we're talking about how if you're rich enough, you can get away with monstrous acts of sex abuse. It was a real fucking stick in the nads, but we're done now. We can move on to different news. Like, we're apparently cool with rich sex criminals again. Oh, oopsies. I'm so sorry, folks, but it's hard to do a video about justice without talking about all the sex crimes that have happened. Maybe we could do it in a, in a silly voice. Yeah, sex crime. That's nah, not going to work. Anyway, I promise we'll get to lighter news like the attempted coup and stuff. But honestly, this isn't even the last sex crime section. We're going to do like a sex crime sandwich where we start with justice being served like the Josh Duggar story, then a depressing series of sex crime news as the meat, followed by a sort of more positive example of justice for the second sex crime bread and a side of fries about how it's all just not good enough. Anyway, the point is that I'm sorry for a lot of things, but it turns out that while we saw some justice, 2021 was largely a good year if you're a sex criminal. Don't know what that's about. Hmm, maybe we should look into that. For starters, Bill Cosby, was released from prison on a goddamn technicality. Specifically, the former America's dad turned America's uncle that we don't talk about was sprung because of a statement by the district attorney in 2005, who had issued a news release saying that he was declining to charge Cosby over his many crimes in exchange for a deposition in a separate lawsuit where the actor admitted to drugging women in order to have sex with them. That lawsuit was later settled, but then a second district attorney reversed the promise by the first, deciding to charge Bill Cosby using these depositions. In other words, the DA promised that he wouldn't press charges against someone in exchange for a confession in a separate trial. That person gave the confession and was subsequently charged by the DA after all, and so the court later reversed this decision, citing the fact that the DA went back on a publicly made promise. And I guess what's extremely fucked up about all of this is that, legally speaking, they were technically right to free him, despite the fact that he is ridiculously guilty of rape. After all, what the DA did was wrong, and we wouldn't want to convict crimes by lying to people in order to get confessions. But also, fuck Bill Cosby and double fuck the district attorney for dropping the entire ball on his conviction and triple fuck Bill Cosby. See, what's frustrating about this is that since we've known that he did these crimes, the prosecution pushed for a hasty conclusion, their efforts ultimately proving to be too sloppy to keep him in jail. For someone with the right legal resources, they can poke at these technicalities despite being so obviously guilty. And this, this is, this is where I bring up Harvey Weinstein. And judges in the Harvey Weinstein's appeal case are slamming some of the decisions made during the former media mogul's rape trial. A panel of judges for the New York State of Appeals Court are now calling into question Weinstein's conviction, saying testimony from women who were not part of the criminal charges could have jeopardized the case. Again, so sorry. This is it's just the worst way to start the new year. I thought we were fresh and fun. But yeah, it turns out that during Harvey Weinstein's trial for sexual assaults that he definitely did, the prosecution used a lot of testimony from people with allegations against him that were completely unrelated to the specific charges. Some of these allegations weren't even about illegal actions, but rather times in which Weinstein simply acted like a premium grade asshole. And while I can't stress enough that he should be in jail for rape, 
legally speaking, it's an extremely bad precedent to allow prosecutors to call witnesses whose only purpose is to make the jury dislike the defendant for, like, rudeness. And so once again, this complete and utter monster might walk free because a bunch of lawyer types fail to do their fucking jobs. Man, I, I bet you had a really good holiday too. Got to watch us do those Marvel videos and that one about good news. Maybe you saw that new Matrix movie and liked it or didn't like it, but still had fun watching it. Maybe you ate some ham or some leafy ham if you care about the cute little piggies, etc. But you flew too close to the sun and we just had to drag you right back down. I'm so sorry. Sorry, but at least you didn't burn up when you were by the sun. So you're welcome. You know, I was going to talk about how both Marilyn Manson and Louis C.K. have been nominated for Grammys, but I think I've punished you all enough. On to greener pastures. Ghislaine Maxwell, guilty of sex trafficking. Less brown pastures because of the sex crime sandwich I mentioned before. You got the Josh Duggar bread and the Bill Cosby meat. And now this, not a... Yummy sandwich. Anyway, so the runner-up to Jeffrey Epstein's horrific crimes was convicted right at the end of 2021. Ghislaine Maxwell now faces a maximum of 65 years in prison for such crimes as conspiracy to commit sex trafficking and sex trafficking of an individual under 18. Her lawyers have expressed plans to appeal the verdict, which I'm sure is going to be a whole other fucking thing. And gee, I guess now that she's in jail, that just, that, well, that just about settles everything. Clapping my hands as to dust them off after a job well done. Case closed. No more need to look into this. Now let's go to our trial expert, Alan Dershowitz, for more analysis. I think the most important thing, particularly for British lawyers, is that the um, government uh, was very careful who it used as witnesses. It did not use as a witness the woman who accused Prince Andrew, accused me, accused many other people, because the government didn't believe she was telling the truth. In fact, she, Virginia Gouffre, was mentioned in the trial as somebody who brought young people to Epstein for him to abuse. Hmm. Thanks, Alan. Great point about how the woman who specifically accused you of rape via Epstein's sex trafficking wasn't used as a witness, but also was implemented as someone who aided him, and that somehow absolves you from suspicion. Also, I'm now being told that we didn't personally get Alan Dershowitz for this show, but rather it was a clip from the BBC who made the absolutely, maybe not very wise decision to feature him on their trial coverage. Anywho, I believe I was saying that the case has been closed on the massive pedophilia ring that has implicated scores of extremely famous and powerful people, including but not limited to Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, Bill Gates, and Chris Tucker. Last one less powerful, although he does have Jackie Chan's ear and can presumably have anyone beaten up with whatever you have lying around the house. Or wait, may maybe the case isn't closed? Hmm, ah, I'm, wild idea, but... Perhaps there's more to this story about the powerful sex trafficker who was found dead in his prison cell. It's just, I don't it's, it's a little bit fishy, I guess. Going back to how a lot of these sex criminals seem to be leveraging legal loopholes instead of contesting their innocence. We're seeing the same thing with people like Prince Andrew, who both denies allegations against him by Epstein accuser Virginia Jufri, while at the same time doing everything they can to avoid an actual court case. Like, if Prince Prince Andrew was innocent, you'd think he wouldn't need to try and use a 2009 settlement agreement with Epstein to absolve himself from liability. Sure, weird to say I'm innocent, but also, as an aside, this legal loophole prevents me from being held accountable in the event that I'm not actually innocent, which I totally am. I don't know, man. Seems 
Seems like you did a sex crime. Seems like this massive sex trafficking ring must have had some customers, right? And while I'm sure not everyone he associated with is guilty, at least some of them definitely are. And yet I can't help but to feel like we're never going to actually know who. Or rather, we do know who in many cases, but it won't go further than that, justice-wise. You might be thinking that Maxwell's conviction somehow sets her up to point fingers at others. But as I mentioned before, her lawyers plan to appeal the charges, which you can't do if you offer up knowledge of criminal wrongdoing doing. She is, as of now, still claiming her innocence and not taking any plea deals. Not to mention that legal experts seem to think that had there been enough evidence to convict any of Epstein's clients, the U.S. would have done that already. Hopefully, maybe, probably, I don't know. In short, this is probably as good as it gets in terms of finding justice. A monster dead in jail, another monster probably going to jail, maybe, But their monster clients, not so much. The worst they'll probably see is more people knowing what they've probably definitely done, despite no material consequences coming their way. That is, unless some of these powerful people involved get implicated in additional crimes along the way. Like, say, if one of them was extremely bad and obvious at doing crimes and amassed hundreds of lawsuits and accusations, well... Then, you'd imagine those crimes would eventually catch up with them, especially if they briefly became the President of the United States and was also really bad at that before losing the re-election and then throwing a fit and lightly pushing for a coup. But before we get to all of that fun and good and totally normal stuff, did you know about money? It's fake. But we need it. So, here are some more ads. Hello everyone! Do you ever get stressed? (laughs) I sure do. And whenever I get a little stressed, I like to exercise. Some days I'll go to the park twice, heck maybe even three times, and grab one of the communal horses for a round of equestrian dressage. It really helps me to unwind, especially when I listen to my favorite thrash metal bands while teaching my horse to reach a pure gait. This is why I use Raycon earbuds, the best way to bring audio into your brain no matter how much you shake around. That's right, not only do they look, feel, and sound better than ever, Raycon won't fall out no matter how hard you and your horse try. Trust me folks, these little puppies, they won't budge. And combined with 8 hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life, they are literally made for people on the go. Even if that go is more like a series of circular fancy horse trots and right now you can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash some news that's buyraycon.com slash some news to save 15% on Raycons once more buyraycon.com slash some news get the earbuds that won't fall out even if you get kicked off your horse because it Turns out it was actually a police horse because they don't offer communal horses at your park after all. Ah, you know me. I'm Cody, America's number one news anchor with a beard in the name Cody. I sure didn't get to be this successful just by rolling out of bed and cramming handfuls of unpopped popcorn kernels into my mouth. No, silly. I take care of this body of mine. That's why I use AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category-leading superfood product that brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Or in other words, it's a vitamin drink that you put in your body. Look! See? 
It's got 75 vitamins, minerals, a bunch of other whole food source ingredients, and basically replaces all your multivitamins and puts them into one tasty liquid. It's really nice if you're not the type to always eat correctly. Who could that be referring to? You can just pound one of these babies first thing and you're done for the day. After that, you can eat all the kernels you want. Even those ornamental colorful corn kernels you get at like, like a maple syrup store or what have you. You know the corns. Anywho, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash more news today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash more news to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. I love it. Super cool how we're back from those ads. No more ads for the rest of the video so we can really get into the hardcore shit. The sopping wet news about ongoing legal disputes happening in America. You're so horny for this. You sick freak, you. Hey, Ink, are you horny for the news? Yeah, you're a pen, all right. Just a pen I found and we're gonna mark it on a shirt, probably. Maybe a mug? A, a, a mug of pen? I don't know, we'll see. Am I stalling? Yeah, I'm probably stalling because I don't want to talk about the next section. Hey, Ink, what are the odds that I'm stalling right now because I don't want to talk about the next section? Not even gonna do a voice for you again. No desire for that. Okay, well here's the next section of our video. The many stupid crimes of Donald Trump, a stupid person. Honestly, I don't know what's worse, talking about Donald Trump or not talking about Donald Trump. Seems like after an entire year, we could shut the fuck up about him. But also, there was a time where we all kind of hoped he'd like, go to jail. Remember that? For all the crimes. <laughs> Remember the crimes? So as much as we don't want to start the new year by reminding everyone of the bad president from more than a year ago, we should really be wondering what's going on with all of that crime stuff. And of course, it should be noted that Trump has so many lawsuits that you can find interactive web pages guiding you through all of them. A lot of it is your typical Trump crimes like promoting a pyramid scheme and treating employees like garbage. So we might as well skip that and start with the sexual assault allegation. You know how our former president sure seemed to have done a lot of sexual assault stuff. Well, amazingly, only one of those incidents has resulted in a court case, specifically from E. Jean Carroll, who in 2019 accused Trump of assaulting her back in the 90s. When he was first confronted by this accusation, then-President Trump put out an official big boy super smart statement saying, and I'm quoting, I've never met this person in my life, which is Pretty funny, considering the article that first broke the news had posted a photograph of Trump and Gene Carroll together, having, you know, met. Very smart stuff. Really good at crimes. Glad we made him president that one time. Trump went on to deny the incident, took place, and call his accuser all kinds of names, prompting Carroll to file a lawsuit for defamation. This is the lawsuit that is continuing to this day, one where Trump is being asked to submit a DNA sample. The reasoning being that in order to prove defamation, Carroll will simply have to prove that Trump was lying in his denial. And so her lawyers want to match DNA on her dress from the assault to Trump, which will at least 
prove that they have met and interacted. It's interesting, bipartisan pattern of presidents and DNA and dresses. Anyway, I wanted to lay this out because as you might have figured, none of this would result in Trump actually facing penalties for sexual assault, the thing he's done. The case is technically about defamation. And to continue our extremely depressing pattern of powerful creeps using the law in their favor, it's possible that Trump won't even be affected by that charge either. The Justice Department filing documents to represent President Trump in a defamation lawsuit. Last year, advice columnist E. Jean Carroll accused the president of raping her at a New York City hotel back in the mid-90s. Carroll filed the defamation suit in November after Trump denied her allegation. Fucking what? So the DOJ, or more specifically, the DOJ under current President Joe Squintface Biden, is making an effort to defend former President Donald Trump in his defamation suit concerning the rape he did. The argument here being that since Trump made the statements officially as the president, he was actually representing the government when he lied about having not met E. Jean Carroll. Therefore, her case should be against the government and not the individual of Donald Trump. And what makes that all even more fucked up, if the DOJ Jay is allowed to do this, then it will prevent Carol's lawyers from obtaining a DNA sample. In fact, it'll completely end her defamation case altogether. Because, and this is real life, it turns out that you can't sue the government for defamation. No, really. It's why Trump was able to use his presidency to harass and lie about the press all of the fucking time. It turns out that back in 1946, when Congress created a law dealing with consequences for people injured by our government, they completely skipped over acts of slander or libel because they deemed it too complicated to lump into claims of physical harm. At the time, they assumed a second law would then be made specifically for defamation, which... Didn't happen, but still could, huh? Let me check how Congress is doing. Okay, so they're so they're probably not gonna ever do that. So yeah, everyone just forgot about it, creating this loophole that will now most likely shield our terrible former president from ever even a sliver of consequence for opening his idiot mouth whenever he liked. And this is where we really hit the main theme of this episode, folks. Huzzah! Theme! Specifically, the pattern of extremely bad people who have obviously done crimes, somehow being immune to consequence, in part because of the methods people are using to try and nail them. Because for some frustrating reason, they somehow walk this line between being overt about their crimes, but not leaving enough evidence to actually be put in jail. Meanwhile, they manage to continue having a baffling level of popularity with the most denial-prone members of our society. After all, in case you forgot, Donald Trump's successful election started with this. Hey, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the pussy. And so ever since, there's been this continuous lust for seeing this creep-ass motherfucker in jail. He represents, for a lot of people, the ultimate privileged white powerful man seemingly immune to actual justice. And every time it seems like we might have him, he slips away. And I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but that will probably also be the case when it comes to the January 6th insurrection. Because let me tell you, they just do not have much on him so far. And the attempts to nab him all seem to be reliant on obscure or low-level laws that could easily be fought against. In DC specifically, they're looking to charge Trump with inciting people to commit violence, a misdemeanor punishable by just six months in jail maximum. Meanwhile, the NAACP are suing him for violating the Civil Rights 
Act of 1871, a largely unused law that was created to prevent the KKK from intimidating members of Congress. But these are all supplemental efforts, garnishes to the treason salad we so desperately want to force feed our former president. Presumably, the first salad he will have ever eaten in his life. Sorry, second salad. So what of the main event, though? As in the January 6th committee currently looking at whether or not they will recommend that the DOJ pursue criminal cases against Donald Trump. This is basically the promise ring of criminal investigations, as we are essentially 10 steps behind any actual pursuit of justice for the obvious coup attempt made by our shit dick former president. Except the word coup or treason or shit dick are never going to actually touch Trump, because the specific charges they're looking into is simply obstruction. Obstruction, along with witness tampering, are the current charges that have been used against the individual insurrectionists who have been stuck in jail for the January 6th riots. The obstruction charge comes with a maximum punishment of 20 years in prison, which seems unlikely considering the lenient punishments we've seen so far. And like, even that seems excessive for the low-level saps who are ostensibly in a cult of this guy who's just like... Hanging out places now, because while there are so many smoking guns, even documents and PowerPoints outlining the White House's plans to call the legitimacy of the election into question... They're not linked directly to Trump. Although we now definitively know, like with evidence, that Fox News functions explicitly as a propaganda tool for the right and had been communicating directly with Trump. But I guess that that's, that's such a given that it's not even shocking to hear. It's just weird that we've all sort of accepted that there's an entire news channel that openly does this. Anyway, in the case of the PowerPoint, it is entirely framed as if they actually believe the election isn't legitimate. What I mean is that they never explicitly say, this is how we're going to do a coup, nor is there any evidence that it was shown to Trump or that Trump acted on it. It is not a smoking gun. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how many times the news frames it like it is one. Glenn, with evidence like that, like it's a PowerPoint presentation to do a coup. And so what I'm getting at is that while we're seeing very swift acts of justice for all the low-level rioters, that's because those people straight up did the fiscal crimes while on camera. They were very, very high profile about their crimes as they were doing them. Very often, their crimes included stuff like assaulting a police officer. For Trump and others, this will prove very frustrating. It's once again that theme of our episode again, where our justice system is throwing all the low-level people in jail as a sort of good enough version of justice, much like how we're going to set for Ghislaine Maxwell, who is a monster and helped facilitate monstrous things, but we're not going to get any of the powerful clients. We won't get Trump, but at least at least a bunch of his base might go to jail after he misled them into ruining their lives. Prison reform now! No, no, wait, not for them. For the people I like. But to top it all off, the method for justice might prove to be its own undoing. As some experts have pointed out, using the obstruction charge against the rioters might actually end up being too vague to stick. And so once more, the need for quick justice might ultimately bite justice itself on the ass. It's sort of like, I don't know, like if you were in the army. And there was this sergeant who ran an underground casino right there on the base and did all of these obviously illegal schemes. And even though they were really blatant about it, they never got in trouble. So in a fit of frustration, you sabotaged a tank they were working on and then accidentally confessed to it. And then you got in trouble instead of them. And for some backwards ass reason, your punishment was somehow enough to satisfy the need for justice. And this sergeant just went free to do more zany schemes. It's sort of like that, actually, at least enough to justify that callback. 
But maybe simply mentioning the film Sergeant Bilko isn't enough to cheer you up. What with all the other stories about mishandlings of justice. So I'm going to give you a bit of good news. Trump still might go to jail. Probably not. I mean, almost definitely not. But, 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 but maybe he will. But he's probably going to die happy and free and rich shitting himself to death. But, but, but people are trying to put him in jail. Just not for the January 6th stuff. Because while the US government doesn't care much about sexual assaults or planned insurrections and subversions of elections, there is one thing that they simply will not tolerate. The Trump Organization's longtime CFO appearing in handcuffs, indicted tonight along with the company that bears the former president's name, accused of what prosecutors called a sweeping and audacious tax fraud scheme. Can't fuck with the money. Sorry, bud. That's the line. Like, as an aside here, another trial that just wrapped up was that Elizabeth Holmes case, where her company defrauded the public with a fake blood testing machine, something that cost patients both money and hardships from false diagnoses. And while we didn't have time to really dig into that one, one notable detail is that she was only found guilty of defrauding her investors and completely acquitted on the charges involving the patients. Because you can hurt consumers all you want, so long as you don't fuck with the money, folks. Anyway, back to Trump. Basically, the senior executives of the Trump Organization have been systemically underreporting their earnings and accepting secret perks that didn't show up on their tax documents. Alan H. Weiselberg, the top executive, is being accused of avoiding taxes on $1.7 million in these perks and faces a decade in rich white guy prison. Meanwhile, the prosecutors who have been specifically targeting Trump's taxes are now pressuring Weiselberg to give up information on our totally innocent business monster former president loser. You see, it turns out that Trump greatly devalued certain properties when reporting to tax officers while then using extremely high estimates when applying for tax breaks. In other words, he would value his property in whatever way most benefited him at the time, as well as lie to his own accountants about how much he was worth, which is a crime. And considering the severity of the charges against Weiselberg, experts at places like the Brookings Institution have put Trump at a substantial risk. This is all very early and probably wouldn't put him in jail for very long unless they dig up more stuff. But boy, how funny would it be that the thing that puts Donald Trump in prison is his big dumb ego and the fact that he loves to lie about how much money he has. It's just, it's, it's just really perfect that this gold obsessed dildo of a man, this classless, well cosplayer whose only real passion is to be respected in high society would finally go down because of his pathological need to lie about how much money he has. It is delicious. I could slurp that down any day. All we need now is for it to, you know, actually happen. So I guess let's all cross those fingers because come on, it probably ain't happening. Anyway, hope! It burns us. It burns the flesh. I know, but it's important to have it every once in a while. And if you want some sort of systemic justice, well, it, it's, it's hard to come by. But we can hope, can't we? Can't we hope, Ink Ventura? Alrighty, we can! Not to mention that justice doesn't just define punishment for others, but rather vindication and peace for victims, and perhaps since so many of the criminals we talked about today are widely known for their misdeeds, it can at least give an admittedly very little amount of solace to their victims. But even then, it's important to continue seeking retribution through legal efforts! Um, yeah, also that. Thanks, Ink. 
And while 2021 wasn't a great overall year for justice, one notable example of things going right is that so many large companies are being held accountable for the opioid crisis. For example, just before the new year, the drug maker Tava was held liable for contributing to fentanyl overdoses, opening them up to endless lawsuits and charges. Also, in December, a judge threw out a deal with a maker of OxyContin that had shielded them from opioid lawsuits and so like Tara, Purdue Pharma is now open for a flood of lawsuits, much like many other companies the government is now holding responsible for their misleading tactics that led to the opioid crisis. Oh wow, that's really good news. Thanks for that, Pen. You're welcome, Father. You know, even with the opioid stuff, it's still a long road to complete justice. A lot of these rulings could get overturned by appeal, and we're probably never gonna be fully satisfied, but can at least take pleasure in the small victories along the way, and perhaps try and find peace within ourselves, improve ourselves, and try to be good to others and our community. Because while the larger system might fail, even larger is our connection to to one another, and so we should never discount even the smallest of efforts, like puppeting a high-first pen character you made up at the last moment in order to sell pants. And so, when you're faced with the hole of despair, feeling as if justice has abandoned you and contemplating the step into the darkness, well, do not go in there! Woo! Like the movie! Alrighty then! Also, when you write with me, it feels really good. Like sex. Okay, well, we're done here. Sliding that ink out of me makes me so hot. Okay, throw in the pen. Done with the pen forever. Happy New Year, everybody! Check out our merch store for some Ink Ventura shirts, I guess. Smoking! Yeah, baby! Alright, do the thing. Somebody bought me! Nailed it. Hey, thanks for watching the end of the video. Like and subscribe and do the YouTube things, cause you know to do that, oh why did I even tell you to do that? Leave a comment about how much you love our new character and his fun, consistent voice, and we'll bring him back, we promise. Or maybe we won't, no promises. Promise.